This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about white chocolate. We should do one of those things like a, like a, you know, charity charity drive pledge drive or something where we podcast nonstop for 24 hours and see just how stupid we can get um you're not into this i can tell no, no <laughs> i wasn't serious no. either okay. i would do it for a good cause okay uh yeah i probably would too white chocolate white chocolate so um Matthew, is there any white chocolate on your memory lane? Not really. I've always had a thing for brown chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) But white chocolate never really did it for me. So I'm curious. I I feel like white chocolate has been having a renaissance. What about white white chocolate in things? That wasn't even on your memory lane? I mean, yeah, I do remember it. Like, uh, you know, it would come up like in, I don't know, like blondies or something maybe. Uh, here's what I remember. I remember going to um, this mall by my cousin's house in Northern California. Okay. And it, I can't remember whether it was a Mrs. Fields chocolate chip cookie store or one of those like blue chip chocolate chip cookie stores. I'm not stores. familiar with blue chip. Do you remember chip? when there were like... Is this a third color of chocolate? Do, do you remember when there were cookie stores in malls. Yes, I absolutely do. Okay. So it was either Mrs. Fields or Blue Chip or maybe both of them. But there was a period of time when white chocolate macadamia nut yes. chocolate chip cookies yes. were a thing. Do I you remember this? For sure remember that. I think I like that. And I remember buying them and they were still warm. Yes. Which oh. would like accentuate the toothache to cookie stores. They got I replaced by that. pretzel stores maybe? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Totally. Cookies are better than pretzels, I think. What do you think? I think you're right. Listeners, what's better, cookies or pretzels? Mm. I feel like we're waiting in real time for them to answer, and this never works. <laughs> anyway, the other place that I remember having white chocolate as a kid was um, my mom got this recipe, like either out of Bon Appetit or Gourmet or something, in the mid to late 80s. Uh, I wrote about it in my mm. first book. It's called a, a White Chocolate Cur a la Creme. This has come up on the show so many times. I, know. I love it. I know. Anyway, you you basically, you melt Mike, you melt Mike chocolate. You melt down Mike. <laughs> you melt white chocolate and you fold it into whipped mm. cream with some, um, with cream cheese and stuff. You make this mousse out of it. You serve it with 
raspberry puree. <laughs> and then we you really about moose this. out. <laughs> anyway, it was so delicious. There was so much moose in the 80s. There was so much moose in the like, 80s. Like chocolate moose, hair moose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, white chocolate. I feel like it really had a day in the yes. 80s. And it and seemed then, like a real luxury product in some ways. Right. And then the backlash. Yeah. Right. People, you know, it's not real chocolate. We're going to get there. Oh, okay. We're going to get there. Matthew, (laughs) remind me what this is. I wrote down the title of the Liz Fair album, uh, White Chocolate Space Egg, which I think was her third album. I couldn't remember. Pretty good. Um, I only think of Exile and Guyville. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my favorite, too. But I've got to say... I have a real soft spot for the self-titled Liz Fair album that everyone hated. It was like, it was super, like they they sunk a ton of money into it and it was like way like overproduced and like loud guitars and, uh, you know, she was roundly panned for this. It's real catchy songs on there. It's a fun album, I think. Wow. We'll link to it. Okay. Self-titled. I think it's her fourth album. Okay. What is White Chocolate? Hang on, I'm, I'm... I'm, I got to take a moment to eat mm-hmm. this because this is really good. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I've never had this before, and this is isn't it good? So good. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you what it is. Maybe, maybe we'll just keep it no, to ourselves. Yeah, maybe we won't tell him. So, white chocolate. Let's get right down to it. Okay. Because if you Google white chocolate, you know how um, if you type type something into Google, <laughs> it oh, well, like like a, auto suggest. Yeah, it makes auto suggest auto complete. That's and one of the first one that comes up is. What is white chocolate? Okay. So let's get right to the bottom of this. Oh, wow. You you are going to be my Google. Will, would you be my Google? No. Uh, it's made from cocoa butter, <laughs> sugar, and milk solids. Okay. Also like lecithin, sometimes mm-hmm. vanilla, often vanilla. Got to emulsify. But here's the deal. Okay. So let, let's talk about let's talk about cocoa in general. Let's talk about like a, a cacao bean. Yes. Okay. Here's the deal. So cocoa butter is the vegetable fat that's extracted from the bean. It's basically the fat that comes from it, okay? And it's what gives all chocolate products, chocolate, like, it's what gives chocolate products their, like, yummy melting Mm -hmm. texture, right? Because um, it must it must melt at like around body it temperature, does. right? It does. Yes. Um, and and cocoa butter, just that like isolated fat part, does apparently have a little bit of what we think of as like a cocoa-y flavor and aroma, but not very much. But not very much. Okay. So here's the thing. All right. So so let's 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 picture like the whole cocoa bean. Okay. Okay. Which is not the cocoa pod, but it's like the little things the inside, inside the so pod. So it, it's fermented, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it is um. It is roasted, okay? And then those roasted beans are ground into a liquid state. Which yes, is, which I've is... seen this happen at uh, at the Theo Chocolate Factory. Oh, cool. Seattle. Well, so those fermented, roasted, ground up cocoa beans are called cocoa liquor, mm. okay? Anyway. Liquor. So basically, after you extract the fat component from that, you know, ground up mess... Okay, what's okay. left are the solids. All right. And those cocoa solids are what we think of as like what gives the flavor of chocolate. Right. Now, question, like in any this is a serious question. Like are is the cocoa butter always extracted or like if you're making like a chocolate bar that's going to have cocoa solids and cocoa butter, do you leave them together? Gosh, you know, I, the feeling that I've gotten from what I've been reading is that these things are 
generally like mm-hmm. separated well, and then remixed I think, together. I think that that might be right. Like, because then you then you can control the mouthfeel. You can control the quantity of chocolate I- in comparison to the quantity right. of fat. Like, I mean, the quantity of solids to butter. Right. Yeah, it's like with like uh, if you buy whole milk, that's not like um, on you know milk that hasn't been uh, processed. It's just milk where the fat has been mixed back in at a, at a particular ratio that's comparable to what oh, it was originally. That. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh wow, interesting. Yes, all all the milk you buy, like mass produced milk at, at the supermarket, is uh, milk with some amount of of milk fat added back in, unless it's skim milk. Oh, oh, weird. Yeah. Um. I saw somewhere online a um, like a pressed cake of cocoa solids. Wow! Yeah, and it was really interesting. I mean, I, you could imagine them taking this like sludge, this chocolate liquor. I, I imagine it like I'm imagining um, sludge right now. I imagine it like uh, like you know when you go to the grocery store and you you grind your own peanut butter and yes. it's like mm-hmm. um, it's like not nearly as smooth as as, yes. as like store bought commercial yes. stuff. Anyway, I'm imagining the chocolate liquor like that. Well, then, so you you press the cocoa butter out of okay. it. Okay. And what's left is this, like, cake of, of cocoa solids. Speaking of cake, wife of the show, Lori, recently had a, uh, a what she said was a very upsetting dream in which she was uh, eating a cake and leaving it by the side of the bed. She was eating cake in bed and kept, like, just leaving this cake by the side of the bed and going back and picking up this plate of cake for more. And I was really upset because she was eating cake in bed. I think the ups- the Matthew, like the you are a tyrant, <laughs> but, but it's not real. It's a it's a dream. I, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating cake. Oh, good, good. Anyway, so so basically, white chocolate it doesn't have the cocoa solids in it that like milk chocolate or what we think of as dark chocolate that they have, right? right? Um, and so it's just the fat, like that vegetable fat, milk solids, and and sugar. Okay, and vanilla, but. Or like what? What's the what's the upshot of this? Okay, well, so here's the deal. Like this stuff is really polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a website called True Food TV made a video that I almost clicked on yesterday with the headline "White Chocolate or White Lie." Why didn't you click on it? What are we paying you for? <laughs> anyway, people really. Uh, so second to the question, what is white chocolate? Is the question is white chocolate real chocolate? Right, like. Who, another question is who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> like, as so, long as as long as you know, I'll, I'll, there's there's no one trying to sell you like, like trying to fool people into thinking they're getting like dark chocolate, but like putting chocolate on something, and you and you're like open up this box like oh white. boy chocolate, and it's actually white chocolate inside. So given that that's not happening, who gives a shit? Well, bon appetit. Does. Okay, I'll tell you that they say white chocolate is not chocolate because it quote lacks the component that defines real chocolate. Which is the... The cocoa solids. The cocoa solids. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so the the U.S., I guess, that would, would this be the F, FDA, USDA? Who decides these mm. things? U, U.S.? I think the FDA. Anyway, uh, in the U.S., since 2004... Um, this has been the rule on white chocolate. Okay. White chocolate must be, by weight, at least 20% cocoa butter, 14% total milk solids, and 3.5% milk fat. Okay. No more than 55% sugar or other sweeteners. Um, and the EU has the same standards, except that there's no limit on sugar or other sweeteners. Wait. So, so, well, so what's notable... Wait. <laughs> 
Are you okay? If you, I think you're about to say the same thing I was going to say, but go ahead. I was just going to say that what's notable about this is that um, you may notice in the grocery store that there are a lot of uh, chips that are marketed just as white chips. I'm so glad you brought this or up. Or like Reese's peanut butter cups, they have a Reese's white, right? Right, okay. it doesn't say white chocolate. It doesn't chocolate. say white chocolate. Well, all of these places, they're, they're, they're calling their product white chips or just Reese's white or whatever because it doesn't meet that standard of 20% cocoa butter. Okay, so... Here's a thing that happened in the last couple of days. I wish I had known this before this happened. So I, well, you'll see. I went to the store to get stuff for the episode and I brought back a bag of Ghirardelli white baking Mm. morsels. Mm -hmm. And then when I looked, I was like, oh, there's no cocoa butter in here at all. It's all palm oil. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. Um, And so I returned it and got real white chocolate with cocoa butter. But now I kind of wish I had saved it so we could try both. It's really interesting. Here's the thing. So like 10 years ago, Cook's Illustrated did a tasting of white chocolate chips and white chips. Uh, You can find the results online. But just in short... Uh, they found that I think their winner was actually just a white chip. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it didn't have that 20% minimum cocoa butter. And usually, yeah, they have partially hydrogenated oils or other vegetable oils in place of the cocoa butter. I feel like white chip is the name of a DJ or something. Seems that way. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. um, Yeah. Should we we go to the store and get them again? 20% minimum seems so little. Well, the thing I was going to ask before was, what's the rest of it? Because you said... Yeah, what's the rest of it? This doesn't really add up, does it? Oh, Maybe does it's the lecithin? To... So, okay, because uh, 20, on. let's do this. Let's do the math. Okay. 20 plus 14 is 34, plus 3.5 is 37.5. Okay. Um, and no more than 55% sugar, so that's uh, 92.5%. Well, so it's 7.5% some, something else. Then there's some vanilla. Um, yeah, there could be more cocoa butter. Sure, there could be more cocoa oh, butter. Oh, so it's at least some of these things. So there could be more milk or more cocoa butter or just no, not more sugar. Okay, I yeah. get it. Okay, great. So um, There's not just like a hole in the middle of the bar that's 70, 7.5% of the total. <laughs> the earliest production of white chocolate was uh, actually earlier than I would have expected. Okay. Um, seems like it was in the 1930s by Nestle. Oh, it was invented by Wilf Chumbly? <laughs> From last week? Uh, it, it was called Milky Bar, and it's still sold. <laughs> Milky Bar. Milky Bar is still in production. Um, so apparently, uh, although the ac- exact origins of like white chocolate are sort of mysterious, it's said to have been created in Switzerland as a way to put excess cocoa butter to good use. So, like, te- I'm skeptical. Really? Yes. Because, like... Cocoa butter is valuable. I know, and it's used in a lot of like cosmetics, right? And, and all kinds another of good use for it is dark chocolate. So I think I think it was more likely just like here's a new product. Huh. Well, Plated.com posits that it is more of a derivative than a legit chocolate sibling. Hmm. I don't know. Is there an analogy that we could be working with here? Um. Like, like what if? What if peanut butter, what if you made a peanut butter? <laughs> Bear with me here. Okay. Work with me here. This was the first place I went and then I discarded mm-hmm. it. So so peanut butter, it's made. it's got peanut oil and peanut solids. You press out the peanut oil 
you use the peanut solids for something else, like making that powdered peanut butter that people keep trying to get us to, to try and to do an episode about, which we probably won't. What are you talking about? Oh, there's there's like peanut butter powder. If you go to the peanut butter section at your at your supermarket, you will find it, it's like a health food thing of some kind. There are jo- lots of jars of like powdery peanut product. What? Mm-hmm. Now, okay, now now I've, I feel like I'm coming around. Maybe we will do a show on this because I've never tried it. Maybe it's good. Okay. Anyway, so so now we take the peanut oil and we make it into like we add some milk and we kind of make it into shortening. Sort of is there a is there a big difference between white chocolate and shortening? Seems like not. Seems like it's pretty similar. It seems like it's, it's flavor, like sweet. Flavor it's like shortening. sweet and shortening. Mm-hmm. But uh, like mm, it has yeah, milk solids. Yeah. But not a lot of milks. Well, no, like fourteen percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's it's like, so you so, well, and when they do this, like what you would end up with if you did it with the peanut thing. Where was I going with this analogy? I I'm so absolute, lost. You were trying to um to figure out if you buy the idea that white chocolate came out of like an excess a problem of so, excess cocoa butter. N- well, no, I was trying to figure out like whether it constitutes chocolate or not. So like basically, if you made white chips oh using peanut God. oil. Right, which you couldn't really do because peanut oil is too. The melting point is too low. Oh God! Um, but <laughs> would would they have any peanut? Would you would you be able to call them peanut something? How much oh, wood would a woodchuck chuck if that, a woodchuck could chuck wood? Let's get let's talk about that because I have theories. Are, do woodchucks not actually chuck wood? I don't know. Oh no, I think they chuck chucks. a lot of wood. Really? What is chuck? <laughs> Okay. okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> when, chucking like like upchuck is like vomiting, right? <laughs> so this is well. Then there's ground. Is, there's ground chuck. Yes, and there's ground hog. <laughs> oh wow! We just cracked this th- wide open. <laughs> oh. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English Muffins. Mm-hmm. And you know what I've been thinking about? My favorite English muffin topping is peanut butter. And one of the things uh, Thomas has gave us as like a prompt for what we might want to talk about during the ad is, in your perfect fantasy morning, what would you brush your teeth with? Doesn't it seem like there should be a toothpaste? <laughs> I did not think this flavor? was where you were going. Like toothpaste, it's kind of the same texture as peanut butter. If My you could- gosh, but but toothpaste, its whole job is to like make things like sl- slippery and clean in there. I don't know if slippery is actually what toothpaste is. Just, I don't know if it's going for that. But mm. whereas peanut butter, especially peanut butter, like like the vats of peanut butter that get trapped in the nooks and crannies mm-hmm. of a Thomas's English muffin, that is going to glue your teeth together. But here's what I want. I want a, a peanut butter flavored toothpaste oh. that I can dispense onto an English muffin, oh. spread it, and then when I'm done eating it, oh, it's also swallow. It's actually just peanut butter, okay? I admit oh, it. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> Thomas's Wake Up to What's Possible. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. With more than 70, whoa, the number keeps getting higher. With oh, more yes. than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind, so you get a perfect fit and a premium feel. If they keep adding more sizes, they're going to have to start using Greek letters. I think you're right. (laughs) Yep. So you go online, you use Third Love's Fit Finder quiz, and you can find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Yep. And you get to put the... So you get this bra in the mail, right? Yeah, of course. You get to put it to the test for 60 days, wear it, wash it, and if you don't love it, return it. 
and they will wash it and donate it to a woman in need? What? Yeah, but you're not going to return it because it is the most comfortable bra you will ever own. Tell them, Molly. Yes, it is. Go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk now to find your perfect fitting bra. And get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk for 15% off today. These days, even though I think people are still really <laughs> clearly like Matthew really hung up on this idea of whether white chocolate <laughs> is real chocolate. I, I said I didn't care. And then I started caring so much. There are there are some people out there who are forging ahead with making delicious white chocolate products. Yes. Uh, unheated okay. by this this question of like uh, definition. Do you say unheated? Unheated. OK. Yeah. OK. Did uh, you mean unhindered? Unhindered. Hindered. <laughs> unhinged. God, I feel unhinged. Anyway, <laughs> unheated. Unheated? Unhinged. Well, I feel like it's like they're warning the, the warnings of the of the white chocolate uh, Without uh, skeptics Without went hindrance. unheeded, but the but the white chocolate brigade was unhindered. <laughs> this is our is our weekly uh, SAT prep. <laughs> Podcast. Next, next step. Uh, next segment is analogies. Oh, great. All right. Warthog is to groundhog as white chocolate is to peanut butter powder. <laughs> oh, I think one of them is called PB two. Like it's the sequel to peanut butter. No. Okay. okay. Hold on. So Matthew, I do want to say that. Um, I remember learning about this through Delancey because um, Delancey orders these huge bags of Valrona Fevs to use in chocolate chip cookies. Mm -hmm. And once we were accidentally delivered Valrona's um, white chocolate. Okay. Which was, uh, it's, you know, all the Valrona chocolates have like a like a Yes, like, like. like, Their 64% dark chocolate is Manjari. That's what I was trying to think of. Great word, right? Um, The the 34% white chocolate. Chocolate and note thirty four percent cocoa butter. That's a lot. So way, much higher than minimum. Minimum is twenty percent. Yeah. Um. They call that one ivoire. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's delicious. I we decided not to return the bag and instead. Oh, what did you do with it? We ate some of it and then I brought the rest home and I think June and I just finished it like a year or so ago. Cool. Anyway, but um, and fevs is French for fever, right? Uh, no. Okay. It's French for fava bean. Oh. Or like bean. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Matthew. Yes. What do you do with white chocolate? I'm not sure if I've ever bought it before yesterday. Does Lori, I know that Lori does a lot of baking. She's sort hmm. of more the baker in your household. Does she ever use it? More the baker to her. Um, Maybe once in a while, like there's been a cookie that called for it, but not much. Okay. I tend to use it, you know, I do like this Christmas baking and candy making and stuff. I use it in- Right, all things in a tin. All things in a tin. If if it comes out of a tin, (laughs) it's it's a a Christmas, it's a holiday cookie, right. So I use it uh, for my peppermint bark. Yes, which is delicious. Yeah, which is basically like um, white chocolate, a layer of chocolate ganache with peppermint oil in it, Mm. and then another layer of white chocolate. So good with uh, uh, with crushed um, 
peppermint candies in all the layers. So um, we should we should say like while we're while we're doing this, we're we're eating from. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about the other thing we're eating in a minute, but we're eating from a bar of Ghirardelli uh, premium baking white chocolate. Can and I? It's pretty good. Can I? Can I voice a complaint though about baking okay. with dark chocolate or candy making with it? With white chocolate. With white chocolate. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it is that. Different brands vary so much. Sure. And I don't know if it's something, too, about just the properties of of white chocolate across the board, but it clumps and gets weird when you're melting it so easily. Like more so Um, than dark chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I I venture to guess that if I were to use a white chocolate, like one of of them fancy ones, like the (laughs) Valrhona Ivoire... It would, it would really give you a, well, a fev. That that would the, that that would probably melt really nicely because yeah, probably cocoa butter. yeah I don't know but anyway I also use it for uh, toffee okay I put it on top of my toffee like drizzled no I do uh, I finally chop white chocolate and I finally chop dark chocolate and when the toffee is still hot oh so it comes like I've just, a mosaic I've poured the so you you know you you've got this this a tesseract. You've got this toffee that's come up to temperature. You pour it quickly onto a sheet pan and spread it out. And then while the toffee is still really hot, I spoon finely chopped white and dark chocolate on top of it in rows, alternating rows. And I take a chopstick and drag the chopstick through the chocolate once it's melted to marble it. Oh, okay. There is perhaps nothing that makes me feel like a more accomplished cook than marbling the top Absolutely, of and it looks great when it comes out of that tin. And it's so easy. Attention listeners, stop writing your emails. Correction. <laughs> I just said Tesseract a minute ago. I meant tessellation. Tesseract is a thing. If tessellation is like a repeating geometric pattern. Uh, tesseract is a thing from uh, Wrinkle in Time. I'm sorry. <laughs> great. So, uh, okay. All right. So what's new in the world of white chocolate? Oh, God. I'm so glad you asked. You know, if there's one one thing that this show is known for, it it's is. for its trend spotting. Well, and for its extremely natural segues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, uh, Matthew, uh, characteristically, this show is approximately 10 years behind the trend. Uh, I don't think 10 years. Yes. Really? David okay. Leibovitz first wrote about caramelized white chocolate. All right. That's, that's I'm wrong. The, that's the trend we're discussing in 2009. All right. He went on a tour of the Valrona factory mm-hmm. and they demonstrated how to caramelize white chocolate. Yes. Can we go on a tour of the Valrona? I'm not can, joking I think at we'd, all. We'd I've have, never been more serious about we, anything. We have to go to Europe. Right. I got that. Oh, great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll discuss this later. Yeah. This, Again, not this sounds post. expensive. Anyway, caramelized white chocolate. Let's talk about this. Yes. The idea is that you, I, I think the way that I've most often seen it written up, is that you lay out pieces of white chocolate on a sheet pan and okay. you're baking it in a low oven until it melts and basically the milk solids in it begin to brown. Uh, apparently so so th- this like How long does this take? I think there's a so there's a recipe on the, on Pioneer Woman. Uh-huh. She wrote about it in 2016. Can we link to it? We can link to it. We can also link to David Leibovitz's his uh, is uh, anyway. I can't remember they're, uh, whether they're about the same or not. Okay. 
I remember that the total time for the um, the Pioneer Woman one, I think it said 45 minutes. So it's like a tanning bed for chocolate. It is. Okay. And apparently what's actually happening is not so much caramelization. That tends to happen, I guess, at a higher temperature than you're really taking this chocolate. And, and caramelization is something that happens to sugars yes. specifically. What's happening here apparently is the Maillard reaction. Ah, which is forming various complexes of proteins and carbohydrates. Okay. So um, here's, a, here's a quote from the pastry chef Michael Lasconis. I, I always fear that I I'm mispronouncing his, yeah. his name. Anyway, uh, he says, if you look at the composition of white chocolate, right, it's cocoa, cocoa butter, sugar, and milk solids. Should we throw some of this into our scanning tunneling electron microscope? And what happens when you expose those things to prolonged heat, not super high heat, but just prolonged heat, is that the proteins and the lactose in the milk solids turn brown and create flavor compounds that weren't there before. Yes. So it's almost like... um like, is it like making like dulce de leche with it, cocoa yes. butter? Yeah, absolutely. That is what it's like. It's like a milk caramel yeah. with cocoa butter. So David Leibovitz calls it the toffee of milk. That is poetic. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever had it except in the form that we were just eating it now. So I have never, this was my first time eating the Hershey's Gold Bar. Well, in fact, I'd eaten this before, but I didn't know that's what, what it was. What did you think it was? I don't know. I think maybe I thought it was caramel flavored. So Hershey's has this product called Hershey's Gold. Which just came out maybe Couple two, years 2017. Uh, it says, so underneath the word Hershey, words Hershey's Gold, it says peanuts and pretzels. And above it, it says caramelized cream, C-R-E-M-E. Yeah, which is presumably what they're calling caramelized white chocolate. Yeah, and this is another one of those things where I think they cannot actually say that it's white chocolate. So, right, hence maybe. caramelized cream. Um, what What's in the ingredients? Do I really want to know? Okay, uh, in order, sugar, vegetable oil, mm-hmm. skim milk, peanuts, milk fat, enrich, enriched bleached wheat flour, uh-huh. lactose, so it's so it's lecithin. So it has no cocoa yeast. butter. It has no cocoa. Well, butter. this shit is delicious. It is. Oh my gosh, this I think is is the best, maybe the best candy bar I've ever had. Um, yeah, Hershey's fucking nailed it. It with this. is a perfectly engineered food product. Yeah, a it new, really is. Here's a new one for the Pantheon: the Hershey's Gold Bar. Put this in your pantry, Pantheon. Yeah. Um, oh, or just put it in your pants. I should also say that, like, the next time I happen to, you know, come across uh, some Valrona chocolate, I really... White chocolate in particular? Well, but I really hope that I can find their Dulce brand. I mean, their Dulce... Oh. Um, not not brand. Dulce line. Uh, they call it blonde chocolate. But it, it's basically... it's caramel. Stuff. It's caramelized white chocolate. Okay. They've, they've, uh, they've added a fourth chocolate color. We've got white, blonde... Milk and dark. And I've been hearing about ruby chocolate. This is not a joke. This is really something I've been hearing about, and I don't know what it is. Really? Can we look into this for the future? Sure, yeah. I hope the next time I come across some Valrona, it's at the Valrona factory. Where do you think it is? Paris? Near Paris? Somewhere else? I'm guessing. Okay. I'm guessing. You know what's interesting is that- We went to Japan. We should probably go to France. I think it would be a lot more expensive. Yeah, probably. 
what I thought was interesting was that this Valrona Dulce, their white Dulce Delecci, their caramelized white chocolate, um, is their was their most successful product launch ever. Wow! I think it's because so apparently. So what do you do? What do you do with it then? Well, so I found this article in Eater. Okay. Uh, from February of 2018, uh, we can link to it. The headline is, Caramelized White Chocolate is for People Who Hate White Chocolate. Oh, gauntlet thrown. But but in which direction? I'm not sure. So apparently, the deeper toasty flavor provided by caramelized white chocolate is something of an open secret among pastry chefs, some of whom have been utilizing it in desserts for more than a decade. Wow. All right. Uh, here's a pastry chef who says you can use it any way you would use regular chocolate. Okay. Uh, from ganache to mousse to panna cotta, it makes a mean ice cream. You can also retemper oh. it and use it in truffles and bonbons. I want to try the ice cream. Right? Doesn't that sound so if good? If this were available in ice cream form, like with some chopped peanuts on top, I would go ape. Yeah. Wow. Uh, let me see if there's anything else in this And I article. don't say that lightly. Oh my gosh, apparently Valrona also has a, a, a has launched a second blonde chocolate. What's this one called? Called Aurelis. How would you pronounce that? O-R-E-L-Y-S. Aurelie. Aurelis? Yes. Uh, it's deeper in color than Dulce with slight licorice notes. Oh, yeah, we got to get our hands on this. Where, where do they sell Valrona in Seattle? Like De Laurenti? Yeah, um, I think so. Whole Foods, I think. Maybe. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, oh, oh, you know, this is really interesting. Speaking of of like what to do with it, so you know, you can kind of think about it as being adjacent to salted caramel. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So any place you would use that, like, gosh, what if you could find a way to do like a um, Carmelita cookie? Yeah. I mean, obviously, oh, yes. I don't know. You know, part of the charm of white of, of salted caramel is it maintains that like gooey stretchiness True. if it's the right kind of caramel. Yeah, but, but maybe I, just like in a cookie. I think I'd probably start out just like like putting chips, chunks of it in a cookie, and see yeah, what happens. I think that'd be a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Who could go wrong? Okay. I think I think we can find this. I think this sounds like a product that would appeal to bored rich people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think uh-huh. we have that, um, and I, I think we have plenty of bored rich people in Seattle, <laughs> right? And and, so, shops and, and we know where they that, shop. That want to supply right. to them. So um, so I think we can get our hands on this, and uh, and we'll make some cookies, and I don't know, report back, I guess. Yeah, great. Okay. Have you tried this, listeners? Yeah, listeners. Yeah, do you? Would you go to the trouble of caramelizing? Caramizing. <laughs> You know, do you go to the trouble of smizing? <laughs> you know, I I've been like trying to smize yeah. in photographs for a while lately. Oh like, my I, god! I, I saw a um. I, I often read the blog Cup of Joe. What is which it? Is, it's like a lifestyle blog for women. But I I have to say that that gosh, she's been like hitting some really important topics lately. Like okay. really good stuff. She did a whole article about um. About like how common vaginal pain is for women, sure, and like nobody nobody's writing about this stuff. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's great. I really respect what she's doing. But anyway, um, uh, what was <laughs> something about smizing? Oh, I remember seeing. Um, you know, she had a post or something. The headline was like "How to Look Great in Every Photo," and I was like, "Click!" Yeah, and it was something about how like. Just pretend that you're squinting slightly whenever the, like, just, 
<laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing. You look like you're about to fall asleep. <laughs> right. So. Well, anyway, uh, when I do it, I either look like I've got it like a touch of the crazy eye, like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or, right. Right. Or I, my eyes just close. It's okay. not working well for me. So a few years ago, friend of the show Becky Selligan and I took a, an improv class. Okay. Right. Improv comedy class. You can you can see every here every week on on the show how how much it failed to pay off for me. <laughs> um, and at the end of the class, like we all, all the um, people in the class went out to dinner or to bar together. And um, two things happened there. Number one, we all exchanged contact information and, and made, a, made a promise, it. made a promise like we're not going to be like this, like regular Seattle people who say we're going to stay in touch and then never stay in touch. Never heard from any of those people again. Maybe I'm friends on Facebook with one or two of them. Okay. The other thing is one of the uh, members of the class who I think did in fact sometimes work as a model was telling us all, was teach, trying to teach us all how to do duck face Oh, is this photos. like the Kira Knightley thing? Probably. Kira Knightley's lips always look slightly pursed. Yeah, a yeah, it's little... like it's like that. And so and so she's like, here, Matthew, try it. And like the resulting photo, I, I hope it's not is out it, there is it, anywhere. Is it like this? I mean, probably. <laughs> I yes, but, but like it laughing. didn't look like what you just did when I did it. It looked like like, you know, I got a fish hook caught in my lip and I was someone was reeling me Am in. Am I smizing? I think so. <laughs> right. So anyway, all of these things, like when I try to do them, they don't look good <laughs> they look bad yeah and i'm okay with that let's keep practicing our smizing um <laughs> you know uh, it sounded like you were talking to your aerobics class brandon that has, you were leading brandon has these cousins who who live in manhattan and they okay, lift they, those legs and keep practicing our smizing don't lose your smize they're very like um new york women and they uh, like every time I see a photograph of them, I can't decide whether I I, I, I aspire to be like this or, or whether I, I, I'm be, just feeling competitive. They look so good in every photo, but you can tell they're like turning their heads yes. so that like they've got their right angle and they're doing oh, their like wow. Kira Knightley hmm. lips and stuff. And I'm like, you guys look great. And you know, like when you see... Um, when you see that's photos, just, that's just what you want. You want to hear. You look great, and well, but I often think, um, what is it like to be a photographer on the red carpet? Oh, because you're actually seeing these celebrities in front of you doing this obvious posing. Sure. That for us, when when we see it in a photograph. We now think of this as just like what celebrities look like when they have their picture taken. But when you see it in the flesh, when you see this man or this woman like swivel to get a certain angle, like it must look so dumb. Yeah. I mean, the photographers are probably used to it. I think it's more like if you or I were invited to to be at the red carpet for some reason, which is never going to happen. It, like we would be seeing this like from from the from our angle, like yes. seeing the photographer swoop in, then the celebrity like pivots and duck lips and I think I think Ash sees this okay. when I attempt to smize. <laughs> I okay, think this yeah, is yeah, what exactly. it looks like to her. Sometimes she's like, just look normal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but like, like I'm trying. But does anyone ever tell Ryan Gosling or um, who's another celebrity to just look normal? Kira Knightley or Kira Knightley? No, we don't like, want them no, to look normal. No. We want them to look like celebrities. Yeah. it's like Brandon's cousins. I'm like, ladies, keep on doing whatever you're doing. Like, look like celebrities, mm-hmm. but maybe not a hundred percent of the time. I mean, maybe not like right when I'm there because because you think because if I'm hanging like, out with like Ryan Gosling, I want him to be real with me. Hey, babe. <laughs> 
Uh, hey, girl. That's it, right? I don't know. Hey, babe is what Arnold Palmer says. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Right before he invents cheese toast. Um, okay, that was last week. Sorry, and, and, uh, yeah, and like, all, and like six Palmer months ago, it was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> well, Arnold Palmer's very old, and also he's passed. Okay. Let, let's just okay. finish this. Then. All right. All right. This episode was brought to you by Thomas's English muffins, which Matthew has mm, so much of in his mouth mm-hmm. right now. I don't think he's even able to speak. I'm not here right now. I'm in muffin land. Matthew, I'm in a nook and cranny that's cradling me. Oh, I want to get in one. Well, you're welcome. I'll be. I'll get in the nook. You get in the cranny, and we're both going to live inside this peanut buttery Thomas's English muffin for the rest of our lives. Wow, Thomas's, wake up to what's possible. You can find us online at SpilledMilkPodcast.com and at Facebook.com slash SpilledMilkPodcast, where we already asked you to weigh in on a whole bunch of things. I apologize for implying that our listeners are bored rich people. And if you are, that's great. We support you. Um, and uh, please how, leave us a review. How fast can you backpedal and then I repedal in? I am the king of backpedaling. But I'm going to repedal on this, on this Tesseract thing. No, great. I'm not. Okay. All right. Um, you can also find us on Instagram uh, at Spilled Milk Podcast. You can find us at whatever podcasting platform you use. Yes. Whether you, that is actually where you already found us. Yes. For sure. Uh, Stitcher, Castbox, uh, App, Apple, uh, Google Play, Google Play, Apple, Google Play, <laughs> Google Plex. Go, go, uh, yeah, Google Plex. Uh, Google Flex. Is Google Google Plex like That's the biggest number. 10, it's it's with 100 zeros. It's 10 to the 10 to the 100th. A Google is one with 100 zeros and a Google Plex is 10 raised to that power. I think so. Yeah. Great. Cool. <laughs> um wow, we've covered a lot of different <laughs> subjects this week. We have. Um and until next time, I'm Dulcie <laughs> and I'm uh Dul- Oralise. <laughs> I'm Matthew. Wow. Let's try that again. Are, are you sure? I'm. <laughs> this is my fourth podcast today. Oh my gosh. Duncan Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Duncan Cold K Cup Pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Duncan is where you want to be.